0: Oh, just a little blues muck around, just having a bit of fun. I couldn't think of a song to play this morning, Uh, so I I thought I'd just doodle. There we go. There's a doodle for you. Welcome, everyone. Pushing rubber, Rubber podcast, episode number 25... Um, a very good morning to you all. Uh, it's morning here in Australia. I'm one day late with this. Um, I was, what can I say? I got distracted yesterday. I was busy. Um, and uh, I had things to do. But uh, here we are. My name's Adam Piggott. Um, oh, One week before the US election, one week before the US election, uh, today we have uh, some interesting headlines in Australian papers. In The Australian, which is a conservative newspaper, or so they say, uh, US election, Donald Trump's surge spooks world markets. Ooh. There we go. Uh, to quote from it, Australian and global markets have been jolted by fears of an upset victory by Donald Trump in next week's US Presidential election, amid warnings that the financial fallout of a Trump win could be bigger than Brexit. Oh noes. An upset victory by Donald Trump in next week's US presidential election. Oh my god, who would have thought those words would have been strung together in mainstream media one week out? Well, who called that? Well, me, I did. Remember, Trump to carry every state. Every state. Even Hawaii. Democratic fucktards who live over there. Uh, the trumpeting, the trumpeting. Uh, the comments are great. At the end, I'll just I'll just read out a couple couple from top comments because on the Australian you can vote to like a comment. Jeez, um, is that the best you can come up with? Shouldn't it read? The ruling elite attempt to manipulate the markets and use their media outlets to sway public opinion as they panic at the thought they may actually lose control of the White House to the people go to dawn. Lovely. Um, next comment. Headlines, Trump spooks, spooks markets. It should say, media, our biggest danger. Oh dear, it's lovely, isn't it? And so on it goes. So, yes... Um, Trump firming one point ahead, apparently, or two points ahead, as of the time of this podcast. It's um, the 3rd of November here in Australia, which means it's just the day before for you guys. Uh, Tomorrow, of course, the Cubs and the Indians play the final game of the uh, seven-game World Series. I don't really follow baseball, but years ago, how old is that film? Uh, there was a baseball film. Um, uh, I can't remember, but the, the, I can't remember the name of the film. It had Charlie Sheen in it. I mean, he was he was playing a, a no hope a rebel baseball pitcher. Uh, I think it was called Wild Things. I don't know. Um, and um, anyway, the Cleveland Indians were the the baseball club featured in that film. And I think it came out when I was in my late teens. Uh, this is a while ago, um, and I was like, "No, the Indians—they look like a rabble-rousing piece of shit team." And I always like going for the underdog. It's more interesting. I mean, what the New York Yankees or the, the Red Sox, with all their money behind them, it's just—if if you don't win, you're kind of cheated because they spent that much money. Mind you, I hear the Indians these days are spending lots of money too. So who thought, Who would have thought Cleveland had that sort of cash? But anyway, I've kind of been an on-again, on off-again on off again Cleveland fan in the sense that I'll just check the American League now and then to see you know, how they're going. So they're in the World Series and they're one game away from it. They could have signed it up a couple of games ago, but they haven't, which sums up the Indians. Then, of course, the Cubs haven't won a uh, World Series since Jesus walked Nazareth streets. Um, so it'd be nice for them to win too. So I'm not really worried. I'm not really worried. Um, I'd be happy with the Indians win and I'd be happy for the Cubs if they won. There you go. I'm just an all-around nice guy. Most people think I'm a screaming asshole. It's not not true. I have, I have nice aspects to myself. So I keep telling people. Um, what else has been going on this week? Uh, I want to talk about discrimination. I really want to talk about discrimination and this is in the wake of Airbnb and the, uh, um, the pledge that they were forcing all of their uh, Airbnb um, customers to sign, um, which took effect on the, the first of this month, uh, which was uh, to commit to, amongst other things, treat everyone regardless of race, religion, national origin, ethnicity, disability, sex, gender identity, sexual orientation or age with respect and without judgment or bias. So I assume on that, if a five-year-old calls you up and wants to rent your room, you've you've got to give it to them. Who would have thought it? Uh, And this is to stop discrimination. Now, the left, the progressive left, loves to twist normal words around to make them mean something that they didn't ordinarily mean. And this is entirely to put... Rational thinking people on the back foot, and to make them explain themselves, which I hate to do now, but I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to do it. All right. Um, discrimination um, simply means the right to choose. That's all discrimination means. I discriminate. Yeah. Um, I chose my wife. I discriminated against a lot of other chicks um it's not unusual for a advertisement to be you know on a well it used to be in a newspaper but i suppose it'd be like craigslist or something like that over in the america this is in gumtree here in australia some you know room for rent female wanted maybe there's a couple of blokes and they want to you know get a bit of feminine energy in the house fuck knows why uh, maybe they hope they'll get lucky. Maybe it's a bunch of girls and they don't want any men in the house, and they want to get you know all their um, the to uh, sync sync with each other or something like that. Um, but you know you'll routinely see that sort of thing: female wanted, or male wanted, or you know hermaphrodite wanted. And this is um, this is people's right to discriminate. Now, to, sc- to discriminate is one of the fundamental bases of a free market society. It means the right to choose. Um, and we saw the first um, ugly inklings of this when cake bakers in the United States were prosecuted for not baking cakes for you know, gay marriages. But and this should be entirely within their rights, you know, entirely within their rights whether you want to want to serve someone or not. Um, in in fact, in a bar in, in bars in Australia, if you serve people who are obviously drunk you will be in trouble. So you are made to discriminate by the state in that sense. As a bartender, interesting. Um, the right to choose is the right of a free market economy. It means the right, rights of individuals to make up their own minds and to make decisions on their own. This um, demonising of the word discriminate Um, is an effort by the progressives to take away people's rights to govern their own daily lives. More and more and more, the state chooses for you what you're able to do under threat of legislation or financial penalties. And now we have Airbnb, a private company, um, attempting to do the the same thing. Um, As far as I'm concerned, Airbnb, which is a hugely successful Financial model um, have just have just um, shot themselves squarely in the foot. If anyone out there has a bit of money and a bit of um, common sense, as Gab is doing with Twitter, as Infogalactic as doing is doing with Wikipedia, these large companies being co-opted by SJWs and progressives to put their narrative and agenda, progressive agenda, before uh, the rights of their consumers and customers um, <clears throat> is, simply, is simply opportunity for people who wish to get in um, and undercut their businesses. We're seeing it a lot in the, um, in the big four banks here in Australia. We have four banks, and two of the banks in particular, Westpac and ANZ, are just riddled with SJWs. And they, they, they keep having these advertising campaigns about how you know, diverse they are and, and all this sort of thing. And all I can look at this is just shake my head at the, in wonderment at, at, at the fact that their competitors must be rubbing their hands with glee. You're, you're, you're giving your competitors an unfair an, un, an unfair advantage and you're doing that to yourself. You're literally shooting yourself in the foot. Um, as far as discrimination goes, I mean, I don't know, think of a, um, a prostitute walking the streets of LA. I mean, car pulls up. Shifty-looking guy in the car. You want to get in? Oh, yeah, oh, oh. The prostitute thinks to herself, oh, well, uh, I'm not going to go. Oh, God, I can't discriminate. Okay, I better go off and get murdered. You discriminate all the time. You discriminate on which shop you're going to choose to go in and buy your sweatpants. Um, you're going to discriminate on all sorts of things in your life. In fact, your, your entire life is made of discriminating. You are uh, you are filtering information to make the best decision for yourself. Yeah? You are a discriminating individual. It means you choose very, very carefully. Yeah? Don't think of it as discriminating against other people. Think of it as discriminating for yourself. But, of course, they want the progressives want to be able to choose for you under threat of legislation, legislation, financial penalty, and social shaming, um, which is what, and social shaming is their is their, is their go-to weapon of choice. Which, which is the best the best way to position yourself in today's day and age is to make yourself immune from social shaming. That's the best way to do it. Um, so there you go. Discrimination. It's a good thing. You should like it. Um, other things going on this week We've got this MGTOW film Which has erroneously been titled as The Red Pill documentary I really wish they hadn't called it that um, Sad Bunch of Fucking Wankers I think would have been a better name For this film um, I've taken it to pieces on a blog post I then had to do a follow up Because of all the the, uh, the comments I got attacking and hating on me Which I love I love the hate Feed me your hate Give me your hate It's lovely just means I've hit the target. We are over target, Bombardier. I love it. Um, and I got, if I look here, I got a bunch of comments on this second post of people. I had a back and forth with one guy. Um, this Christopher Werner chap. Kept having to explain to him over and over again what we're actually talking about. And I'll just read my last comment. The simple fact is that MGTOW, and by the way, MGTOW back in the day was a, uh, a good thing. And, and anyone who's remotely familiar with my work in any way, shape or form knows that I am fully for men making themselves. The more that you make yourself a better man, the more opportunities you have in life. As a result of your direct actions this is what's known as <coughs> excuse me empowering yourself you're taking responsibilities into your own hands and taking responsibility for your own life things that the socialist nutbag progressive lefts actively don't want you to do that's what they hate um so you know once MGTOW was actually actually uh, made up of uh a good core philosophy um which is that you don't put women impressing women as a number 1 priority in your life and absolutely you don't do that in fact in fact you never put that as any sort of priority that impressing women should just be a natural byproduct as a result of the frame that you have established for yourself in your own identity um and if you do it properly they'll flock to you like bees to honey like bees To honey, if you do it right, particularly guys, is there is such a if you're a young man these days, there's such a dearth, there's such a lack of guys who are actually do actually have good frame. I mean, just like Airbnb shooting themselves in the foot, look at this as an opportunity. Your competitors, other men, directly handicapping themselves, shooting themselves in the face, let alone the foot get out there work on your physique work on getting fit work on having interests dress well speak well make a good career yourself don't make any silly mistakes with women don't say i love you don't do all that sort of stuff they will flock to you like bees to honey anyway MGTOW has been overrun by losers people who haven't done this hard work on themselves, who have either been defeated and given up and surrendered and then blamed everything on those evil feminists, or have never tried in the first place because the whole idea of walking up to a girl and getting rejected is so scary for them that they've never ever put themselves out there and they prefer to say, we are going our own way in the sense that not that they've done that by choice, but they've done that because they've refused to face up to their fears and face up to the world and there's a, there's a big fucking difference between the two things there's such a chasm between these two worlds of what MGTOW represented in the past and what MGTOW represents now there's such a chasm that they are just incomparable in any way shape or form So this Red Pill documentary is is simply a celebration of male losers. And the fact that they had to get a feminist to make the film and they thought that that would give them credibility is just too awful to even contemplate. Are there issues out there for men these days? Yes. But why is this a surprise? Look... Guys who've been fucked over because they married the wrong woman, who took them for everything they had, and all their kids, who act surprised at this, obviously haven't been awake for the last 40 years. My mother took my father the same way in 1983. It's been going on for a while. If you made the mistake to marry the wrong woman, that's your mistake. Caveat. Emptor, which is Latin for buyer beware. It's on you, mate. Oh, but I didn't know she was going to do this. And oh, look at all these terrible rules. And oh, the deck is all stacked against me. Guys, the deck is stacked against you. The deck is stacked against you. I have a mate who's getting married again. Had a chat to him the other day on the phone, rang him up, and he's in his 50s, um, and it's going to be his third marriage, and I fear, after talking to him, I fear that he's going to make the same mistake again. Because he said something to me which really sounded a warning bell, but I couldn't say anything because you can't and basically what he said amounted to as regards to asking her to marry him uh, I gave her what she wanted because she'd been pushing for it this isn't this isn't great this isn't great and doesn't give me much hope for what's going to happen. for the simple reason that if you're marrying someone to give them what they want, that means you're not getting what you want. Well, no. Does that not make sense? See, when I asked my wife to marry me, I did it because I wanted to get what I wanted. I'd finally located a great one, a tier one woman, and I wanted to lock her down. I knew that as good as my life was, together, working together with her as a team, the two of us would be better. It was to my distinct advantage to get married to her. Whereas my friend is saying that he's getting married because he's giving her what she wants. And I said to him, oh, third time lucky, hope it goes well. And he's like, yeah, yeah, hopefully I've learned, you know, from the other ones, blah, blah, blah. But I'm not sure he has. I'm not sure he has. Because women... <sighs> I tried to explain the whole shit-testing thing to him. But women want to know that they're with a man. And there was a great post on Rational Mail this week where he uh, evaluated a thread, I think it was last week, uh, of a guy who had been with a girl for four or five years and he was away on business and she rang him up in a panic and tears um, and she confessed that she'd kissed another guy or something like that at a bar. And he was like, all right, we'll deal with this when we get home. And he gets home and she's basically in hysterics and I'm not good enough for you, you shouldn't be with someone like me, blah, 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 blah. And of course he just forgives her because he wants, just wants to go on. But as as was correctly evaluated by Rollo and others on the, on the, I think it was a Reddit thread or a 4chan thread that was on, um, this was a shit test. She'd been with him for four or five years and things were getting serious to the point where she needed to know if she was actually marrying a man with a spine who was going to stand up to her and put her in her place. Because as I wrote this week on another post, women, women need to be protected both from the outside world and from their own natures and hypergamous nature. And they need intrinsically, in a deep-rooted sense, to know that. And they will create these situations to test out whether or not their man has a spine. And you know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. And it reminds me of the part on my first book, um, Pushing Rubber Down Hill, available at all good shops everywhere, um, when I was in, Italy, in Canada. And I was seeing a Canadian girl at the time, and I'd met her in Australia. And when I was in, we we got separated. She went back to Canada, and I was in Australia. So we were apart for about four or five months before I went to Canada to do the rafting season there. And she rang me up when I was in Australia, and she was in Canada, and she was all in a um, in a fluster. She was all panicked, and she said she had something really bad to tell me. And I stopped her from telling me. I said, "Don't. We'll deal with it. We'll get there. We'll deal with it when we get there." I wouldn't even let her tell me what it was. I didn't want to know because I didn't want my reality punctured like a balloon and for it to put in jeopardy everything that I was orchestrating so I could get over to Canada and do the rafting season, but ostensibly to be with her. When I got to Canada, she didn't say anything to me and I kind of put it in the back burner because she didn't bring it up. I didn't say anything about it. So there's my second fail as a man. And then finally, she rings me up once again when I'm up working on the, in the rafting base, which was a few hours out of Vancouver from where, where she was living, in tears. And she finally um, confesses to me that she had overdone it at a party and slept with another guy. And this floored me. And I went back to Vancouver to speak with her about it. And I forgave her and we moved on. Or so I thought. Failure number three. Failure number three. So I was, I was failing her shit tests as a man, even though I was big, strong, hunky rafting guide, working on crazy, dangerous rivers up in the British Columbian Mountains. Um, it doesn't matter what your outside appearances are. The girl has to know that she's m- with a guy who's got a spine, who's got two big ones to rub together. Because then she knows she's in good hands. And my first book there is is a... There are undercurrents of themes in that first book, but one of them is my complete cluelessness with women at the start of that book when I was probably in my early 20s. Well, I wasn't in my early 20s. And by the end, I'm very less clueless with women. Uh, it was a gradual process. and remember this was back in the 90s, so there was no internet, red pill, these PUAs, all this sort of stuff. It just it just wasn't around. We didn't have that luxury and you couldn't talk to other guys and and ask these things and work it out. You just couldn't. So the the, the, the forum wasn't available to disseminate ideas from guys who had worked this stuff out. You had to work it out on your own. You had to make mistakes. Or you didn't work it out. And so many of my friends didn't. So there you go. That kind of goes, maybe that's a bit of a, a bit of an extrapolation or redevelopment of the frame episode that I did as a podcast episode a couple of weeks ago. The other thing I wanted to talk about this episode is drama. This goes with chicks as well. Um, drama. Um, Black Dragon, the the writer, um, Red Pill writer, uh, who's a lot of stuff I don't agree on at all, by the way. But a lot of the stuff I do. And it's good to to hear arguments that you don't agree with because by working out why you don't agree with them, you further develop your own uh, arguments and you consolidate your position on things. Or you might even find that that if you get information that you weren't aware of or that you hadn't, often that you hadn't um, uh, interpreted correctly, so you would misinterpreted information in the past, formed an opinion that was actually based on a misassumption, then you can change your opinion, which is why I, I don't like to surround myself in an echo chamber with people who have the same thoughts and opinions on everything, which is why I'm finding Gab uh, a little bit stayed at the moment. We need we need some idiot lefties in there. Anyway. So Black Dragon... Um, is famous for having a no drama clause uh, in all of his relationships, um, and I'm uh, firmly on his side with this. Uh, there's a really, really, really good reason to have no a no drama rule. So, look, no drama with 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 girls. You, know, you don't put up with any drama, and when I say drama, I mean unnecessary drama. Shit that people are. Uh, are causing for primarily for attention so girls are a big one with this family members are a huge one with this you've all got your your drama queen or king family members and then there's friends um i've got someone on my facebook feed who i knew them fairly well 20 or 30 years ago and they contacted me on Facebook and I accepted their friendship request. And I keep him there solely as a as a, as a as a source of grim amusement. I mean, literally, uh, this guy's a drama queen, four or five, six times a day on Facebook, railing against his ex-wife, posting shit about... I mean, and he's in his 50s watching this. He just... And of course, he's... He's financially fucked. He's always got problems, living hand to mouth, Can and never, can never understand it. Asks, asks advice of people, on people, and you just say, I, I, and I never chime in, I never chime in. Because these people are never going to uh, react well to the stuff they need to hear to burst their bubble. So, look, partners, girls, family members, friends, work colleagues, you name it, Unnecessary drama, you need to eliminate it in your life. And the reason for this is primarily because there will be drama in your life that is unavoidable. And if you've eliminated unnecessary drama in your life, what that translates into is that when unavoidable drama comes your way, you've got your full resources available to be able to deal with it as best you can. If you encounter unavoidable drama, and you're all completely taken up with avoidable drama, then you're not going to deal with the unavoidable stuff as well as you can. And that's when you make mistakes. And that's when problems arise. You need to be clear-headed for when the world throws shit at you. Um, so what does eliminating drama means? And by the way, what's the... What's the pretense for this? What what prompted me to talk about this? Well, I was speaking to another friend last week. And uh, I actually discovered something about him, that him and I got a very similar background, and both our m- mothers were ardent feminists. Um, his was more of an ardent feminist than mine, because his was a lesbian after... Uh, came out as a lesbian when he was 10 or 11, apparently. Uh, and this guy's really, really, really laid back and very, very stable-headed, and I, I, I never knew this background, and he just said it to me off the cuff and I was like, wow, you've dealt with a lot of shit, man. Hats off to you. And um, and she apparently has been in her life in two long-term lesbian relationships and at the end of each of those relationships has been uh, left with nothing. Women are just as bad. Women are worse to each other, I suppose, than with men. Uh, so she's made terrible choices in her life She's been left with nothing and she's getting to an... age. She, she's now like in her late 60s and and has no um, um, real wealth to be able to fall back on at all. And he said, he said to me, oh, you know, eventually I'll have to move her up here and, and move her in with me. And he just said it in it because he's the only son, the only child. And he just said it in a way that... Uh, I was like, why? Because the topic came up that she was giving him drama in her life and, and she doesn't live in, even live in the same state. So there you have. Mother has made all the wrong choices all through her life and he's having to deal with this and he's having to, hey, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there for the world now. I'm going to announce it here on this podcast. I mean, I don't put much of my personal stuff out there. And none of you even know the name of my wife. Um, but I'll put it all out there for you. I haven't spoken to my mother in ten years, uh, and I have no intention of speaking to her again. In fact, if she tracked me down uh, and said and did a big sob story, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't even listen. I put the phone down. Uh, and the reason for that was a culmination of terrible. Destructive behavior on her part that culminated ten years now. We'll make it, it. will make it around eight years. I haven't spoken to her or had any communication with her whatsoever. Um, neither has uh, other members of my family. Um, and well, I won't. I won't say what she did to to, to seal it for me. But it was bad enough that, that I thought when it happened, and I was living in Italy and she was in Australia when it happened, she put the phone down. I I, I realised she'd let me off the hook. She'd finally left me off the hook by her own bad behaviour. Um, it had been so bad that she'd finally gone beyond a point where I could just Do that with my hands and say, enough's enough. That's it. Eliminate drama means eliminating drama from your life. You've got to be ruthless. Um, because otherwise, you, you're just in for a world of constant pain. You can, never, you can never satisfy these people. You can never come to an arrangement where um, you're going to be able to balance out. And this might seem harsh, but life is harsh. And she's made her own choices. She rolled the dice. She made the plays. And she's basically cut off everyone in her life and it's always everyone else's fault. Everyone. The world is evil. Everyone is against her. All people that ever come into contact with her and have, become, have friendships or whatever have all been ruthlessly cut off by her because they're always bad, etc. And, well, it's not them, it's her. Any drama in your life that's unnecessary is at best a giant weight around your ankle. At worst, it can cause you to miss things that you need to be able to deal with properly that are coming at you from other areas of your life and can cause you very bad damage indeed. Remember, there's only a few ways you can make mistakes in your life. Number one, your health. Number two, your finances. Number three, women. Those are the three. You can't take your eye off the ball with those three things. Uh, You have to be onto it. You have to have all your faculties at your disposal to be able to deal with those things effectively when they come up. So eliminating drama from your life, as Black Dragon says, boys and girls, is absolutely critical. Um, Friends who are no hopers, who tie you down, who create drama, Chop, chop. Women, it it just should be an absolute... It it shouldn't even be need to sit. Um, I've been with my wife for eight years. She has never created a single drama episode. And by the way, this goes both ways. In the sense that women also need to not put up with drama from men. In my beta male pathetic phases, um, I... I actually acted like a woman early on in my relationships where I would create unnecessary drama to see how... And I wasn't doing this consciously. It was like an emotional thing. It was really pathetic. I look back on my behavior. I'm just, just glad I did the hard work on myself. If you guys knew where I came from, like really comprehended it, it would give you... A lot of faith and a lot of courage to be able to change your circumstances. Because I came from a really bad place uh, in regards to women, where I would seriously put them on the pedestal. I had mu- look every mistake that that red pill writers talk about with regards to women. Um, I've just about made, apart from having kids and getting married to the wrong person. So I, I've made all the small mistakes in a really big way, if that makes sense. But I haven't made the big mistakes. And in that, I've been lucky. So I used to do this hot, this, this drama thing myself. I used to be a drama creator. Of un- I used to be a drama creator of unnecessary drama. And these women put up with it. When I initially met my wife, I, I wouldn't say I created drama. In this one episode but I behaved badly and it was at it was at uh, a wedding of a family member and the wedding was pretty diabolical um, and there was there were all these balloons out the front in this arch this arch of balloons that they had to come in and walk under and I, at the end of the night I was told to help get rid of these balloons so I I started and i had a few beers, uh, and I was jack of the whole day by this point. And I started popping them, and another guy who was also drunk thought this was funny, and, and the two of us started behaving like juveniles. But I was there as... Uh, I wasn't married to my wife at that point. Um, I was there as her partner, and I was behave, behaving in a way that was unmanly, immature, and disrespectful for for her because she had family members there who were meeting me for the first time, but it wasn't a big deal. Okay, it really wasn't. I'm making it I'm making it bigger than it than it is or that it was uh, to make a point. It was just an isolated episode. Um, but she was there and she asked me to stop doing it, and I kept doing it, and. For the first and the only time so far in our relationship, she put the band hammer down, is the way I put it. And she didn't raise a voice, but she told me in no uncertain terms that I had to stop doing what I was doing. And um, it was pretty forceful. And looking back on that, and I did stop. Looking back on it, and she and I have laughed about what we call the balloon incident since then. But looking back on it, it was her uh, communicating to me that she wasn't going to put up with any drama or immature or selfish behaviour, and that she had an expectation from me. And that's exactly right. Just as you as a man must have expectations that you're. Uh, that your woman is going to be drama-free and not create unnecessary problems and headaches for you, so too, a woman should have the same expectation of you as a man. If she doesn't have that expectation, then either she's not planning to stay with you for a bit, or she's a drama queen herself. Does that make sense? It goes both ways, is what I'm trying to say. Everything in life goes both ways. So you shouldn't put up with any drama. And what my wife did with me was completely correct. This is what I... Stop it. This is what I expect. And I listened. Because she was right. Just because we're men doesn't mean we're right all the time. Far from it. And it's not not unmanly to accept that for a woman. So eliminating unnecessary drama, you just let them know what's what. You let them know in a quiet but controlled and strong manner that you're not going to put up with this. And this, this is your expectations and this is what you expect. And it's up to them from that point to pull their heads in. And if they don't, well, you sought information and now you've received the information that you were seeking, what are you going to do about it? There you go. So that's, we'll call that the drama episode. Uh, we've spoken about other things. Um, next week's podcast will take place on the election day. So next week we'll know if my call out for uh, Trump to take every state. Is true or not? Um, there are a few writers in the manosphere who are saying that Trump ain't going to win in a million years. We're all deluding ourselves. Black Dragon's one of them. Aaron Clare is another. That's all right. That's all right. We're all evaluating the situation. This is how I see it. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I don't think I am. If the market is melting down at the moment that the mere threat of Trump winning, imagine what's going to happen to that market if Trump wins. So what I'm saying, boys and girls, is that that's an entirely predictable and rational market. So I'd start shorting stuff or selling stuff off. But, hey, don't take any financial advice from yours truly. What do I know? Speaking of Aaron Cleary, Aaron uh, is at captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Uh, he sponsors my podcast. He has his own two podcasts a week now, a normal podcast and a curse-free episode for all the five-year-olds amongst you and grandmas sitting on their rocking chairs. He's uh, a new book out, Reconnaissance Man, which I've almost finished reading and I'm going to publish a review of in the next few days. I've actually got a few book reviews coming out and I don't think some people are going to like what I'm going to say but I have to call it the way it is Um, I'm reviewing a few books and they've been published in the Manosphere lately look if we just jerk each other off as writers on our reviews then we're disrespecting our readers and listeners you people who are listening to this right now so I'm not saying this with Aaron's book I've actually got some good stuff to say about Reconnaissance Man though I think it could have been done Um, a bit better but there are some other books that have come out that um, are below the par way below the par and I will be writing about that I'm not going to hold back Uh, the authors can take it as a personal attack or they can take it as constructive criticism that's up to them I can't control what they do Um, anyway you can check out Aaron at uh, his blog and he's uh, got his YouTube channel as well which is highly entertaining And um, you can check me out at my blog. The links there on the side. Um, And uh, if you like these stories about girls and becoming dealing with them and moving from being a a slobbering beta male to 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 improving from that, then then grab grab my books. Pushing Rubber Downhill, Uh, the new one, Run Guts Pull Cones, which is a standalone book. You don't have to read have read the first one to read that. Uh, this has been the Push and Rubber Podcast, 25th episode, the drama episode. I'm Adam Pickett. Thanks for listening, kiddies, and uh, go the Indians. Bye.